you know, we have to have that work-life balance. You know, when Courtney says, I'm going to the beach, she's going to the beach. Um, you know, when Courtney's dad's coming up, she's doing an open house. So, <laughs> but you, you just, you have to have that balance. And I mean, it, it can be a very rewarding business, um, provided you don't let yourself get burnt out on All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Happy Agent Podcast. This is your host, Jeff Beggins, and we've got a cast of characters with us today. My co-host brother, first of all, on the end there. Hello, Craig Beggins here. And then our pseudo-stepbrother, redheaded step whatever we're calling you today. I've been called worse. Like so much. <laughs> and today, we're mixing it up. We actually have two agents with us today. And you'll see why in just a, a moment. We've got Randy Schuster and we have Courtney Cody that are both working our um, Gulf Beach offices and Interact Beach offices here. And I think it's going to be really fun to watch how the different dynamics play together and how you see how they were attracted together from a business perspective to help grow and team but not team and kind of things are working out pretty well between us. We're going to kind of watch the dynamics on that one. So let's do a quick introductory um simple little bio let's start with you courtney so bring us back to new jersey and how in the world did you end up being a beach babe down here um crushing as a top agent selling real estate so welcome to the podcast i'm here because of well hi my name is courtney um i'm here because my husband is in the coast guard he is stationed in clearwater beach and that is my sole purpose for really being here (laughs) i come from a fashion background And when I came down here, I got hired as Dillard's as a manager, and it just didn't give me the time that I really wanted with my husband. So that's how I made my way into real estate. How many years ago was that? That was three years ago. Come a long way in three years. I have, I have. (laughs) So so sitting at Dillard's, hating the schedules, where did real estate pop in as, as a good idea? Like what was the catalyst into that? So I landed my, it was my absolute dream job at Dillard's, um, and I quit, I think it was 48 hours later. I was just in there, and I felt like I was in a cage, and I called my dad, and my dad was like, so quit, and I, that's what I did. I quit. I ended up working on a beer cart, and that's where I met Randy. (laughs) Now it all comes together. I was working at a golf course. I wasn't there very long either just to get out of the house. Um, But I was in the midst of taking my real estate course. And I actually saw Randy's car had Century 21 all over it. So I kind of stalked his car for a little bit (laughs) until I saw him. And um, that's how I made my way to Biggins. I love it. I love it. She was probably wondering if the guy could still drive after pounding down all those beers on the golf course. (laughs) I was only driving right now. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. No, that's a, that's a, a great story. But what about real estate was intriguing from the outside perspective before you got in that made you think, you know, this is an option for me. Yeah. So I grew up in a real estate family back in New Jersey. My grandfather actually helped develop and sell most of Atlantic city. Um, I still have a lot of family that work in real estate, but I always, I took a fashion route. So um, I was never, I was in it, but I wasn't ever working in it. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, so when I came down here, the salaries were a lot different. And my whole thing with moving down here is I wanted to spend time with my husband and be outside because we were in Florida in this gorgeous place. So 
I didn't want to be stuck in an office in Dillard's. It just, like I said, I felt like I was in a cage. There was like, I couldn't breathe. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) When first came in. All right, good. So enter the story, Mr. Randy Schuster and bring us back to before you're lounging around on the golf courses, what's going on in Indiana and what was the journey to bring you here to the beaches? Um, Basically I got remarried in 2000. Um, I had been a CNC machine and engineering company. Uh, I was part owner in that for quite a few years. And I want to say it was 2013. I'd been on the five-year plan to retire for about 13 years. And my wife and I finally decided, look, you're going to do this. So I gave notice and I gave my partners a year, uh, told them I'm out of here. My wife and I are going to move to the beach in Florida. And so we started doing some looking and believe it or not, we were at Ricky T's one morning, asked about a real estate agent, found a real estate agent, didn't think we were going to find what we wanted. We were just looking for a little townhouse or something on the water. Ended up finding a little beach condo here in IRB that we just fell in love with the beach the condo was basically crap. Um, went ahead, purchased it, and six months later, we bought it. Or moved down here, actually, six months later. And uh, I sold out of my company up north, and both of us moved to Florida completely unemployed to live our dream on the beach. So, I wonder how many people are thinking that same way right now with COVID. Right, yeah. And, you know, that was the thing was, you know, we were pretty sure we were going to be living our dream and, you know, Four years later, um, we sold our condo on the beach and we're back in a house. And that's our dream now. So, you know, the dreams change. But the real estate side of me, uh, I really had no idea when I moved down here. I thought about selling pooling or selling steel or uh, going back to work as a welder. You know, something I've always enjoyed. Um, But then real estate kind of intrigued me a little bit because I bought and sold a lot of real estate. And it didn't have to be hard as people made it as hard as people made it. You know, it, it seemed like it was just more difficult than what it needed to be. So that's when I decided to do that. And the weird part was, was Elizabeth, my wife was actually working over in Fort Lauderdale for the first eight months we were here. So kind of, you know, me sitting at home studying real estate while she's out working was kind of a little bit different, but you know, had the wherewithal to stick with it and get my license and found you guys. And I interviewed with Jeff one night, and I guess it was an interview. Um, I was breathing. He said, you're hired. (laughs) (laughs) The mirror fogged up. (laughs) Now, what I thought was really interesting about Randy was, and still is, is the, the engineering mindset that comes into this. And I remember you talking about how, remember you said in the beginning, it doesn't have to be this difficult in bringing a systematized methodology into this business of saying, okay, let's get, let's streamline this thing. This is a process, right? And it's not hard. You go from here to here and there's a few dots in between. And that's why I think you, it solved, it was so simple for you to grasp, right? This is a simple concept. And the, yeah. the difference was attracting and, and doing um, all of the lead gen was out. But once you get to the people, it was a simple flow to go through. So that's why I knew it was going to be a, a nice transition for you. And then when you got into the business, Let's, let's kind of follow the paths here. Um, rather than do it completely alone, you saw the advantages of kind of teaming up and kind of sharing strengths and weaknesses and playing around. So follow your real estate journey. Once now you have this license, well, how did it evolve for you? And then we'll, we'll get to, we'll follow that path to where Courtney enters the equation. 
probably the first two months or so, I found myself getting ready to get ready. Um, you know, I came to all the meetings and was drinking the Kool-Aid and just, I didn't know. I just didn't think I was ready. I didn't understand it enough. And, and you know, finally, it was through your pushing. I finally went out and was knocking on doors. Um, I didn't die. I was getting some rejection, but it wasn't bad. I did end up getting one that was probably the worst I ever had, which looking back, it just made me laugh. Um, but I found an expired listing and made contact to people who were in Ohio. They'd never met me. I still to this day have never met them, um, but they trusted me. I sold their condo, ended up double siding my first deal. And then I found another for sale by owner, actually got that listing because I came to his door. Uh, multiple people called him, but I showed up at his door. So I got that, and that's when I kind of thought I might need a little bit of help. Um, so I teamed up uh, with Bob Dean. And well, let's pause the story right there for a while. I think this is important just to note. From a personality standpoint, we all have our DNA, right? We all have our makeup. And talk about being outside of a comfort zone of what you've had to do before uh, was what we're doing now, right? To, you're banging on doors in Florida to talking to strangers to get things. It was not, never kind of a thought process and not your favorite thing in the world to do, right? Even though you did it and you got successes. So then we were started talking about like, you've got to generate the business. Somebody's got to talk to people. And so there's another agent inside the office and then pick up the story. But I wanted just for the viewers, I want you to understand everything's perfect, right? There's nothing that Randy should have been doing differently. He had the self-awareness to know that maybe something else might help take him to a different level. So let's I'll unpause the story and continue into the Bob stuff. Bob side. Sure. I mean, you know, when I was in Indiana, when I was running the shop, um, I didn't have a lot of interaction day to day with, with our clients. I ran the shop. I had 35 employees. We ran three shifts, sometimes seven days a week. Um, I didn't have to talk to the customers unless something was wrong. So I got to deal with my numbers and look at the machines and write programs and help with tooling and, you know, troubleshoot. And then now I find myself where the only way I'm going to get a paycheck is if I go out and I talk to people. Um, you know, and it was, it was weird for me because, you know, I, I was raised and, you know, we talk so much about tribes. My tribe didn't bother people. You didn't go knock the neighbor's door just because you wanted to know who they were. You know, you went and you moved down the street. Um, you know, so when I got here and I was a little concerned because when I first started, I was seeing the way some people were not realizing the difference between D's and I's and S's and C's, um, and thought, wow, I don't know if I can do this because, you know, there's people out there that are just, you know, they walk into a room and think everybody's there for them. I walk in and look for the chair in the corner. Um, not because I socialist don't need that out of people. So, you know, when I looked at the company, you know, after I had started, it was like I only saw one person in a company of 400 people that was like me, and he owned the damn thing. <laughs> So, you know, here I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, you know, I, I tell people I suck at sales. I really do. But if I can trust me and they let me work for them, I'll work for them. You know, Courtney can, can light up a room with conversation and people love her. You know, for me, they look at me and they're like, okay, what's wrong with the house? And that, it's a large part of me. Um, you know, I'm going to tell them what's wrong. I have told people, I will not sell you this house. If you want to buy a house, you will buy it from someone else. Enter my partner. Um, 
who would sell that to anybody. Um, you know, not faulting him at all. That's his personality. Um, and, you know, Bob is one of those people you love or you hate. And there's, there's really no middle of the road with him. And most of the people we dealt with loved him. Um, we had a few where, you know, and this is where the team thing really worked out was, you know, I might have been a little too logical, so I'd turn him Bob would work with him. He might have been a little too left field. He'd turn him over and I'd work with him. And, you know, Courtney and I have that same relationship. It's not quite as drastic, but, you know, it was it was a big thing to, to start working with Bob. And, you know, we, we worked together for a couple of years and we did a lot of deals. Um, and then we just kind of, you know, separated. Um, still like him, still respect him. Just we're not working together anymore. So. And I think that's an important part here, too, because a lot of people, when they evaluate teams, no teams, I mean, we joke about this a lot, but the only thing I could tell you for sure about a, a team is that they're not going to remain, right, if you just look at past history. Few and far between, people prove it wrong. But for the vast majority of it, you know, use it for what it is for when it's there and what you need it for. Like for you, you teaming with Bob was, I think, looking back, a phenomenal idea. I mean, that stretched you in many, many ways that brought in a lot of business that never would have come in. It helped him. It helped you. And you guys, it was a great move to, to not officially, like, right. you guys did officially team, but just team up and build his strengths and your strengths and combine them. And, you know, he's not the best in the world of paperwork. You're not going to let anything slip through the cracks. You don't really want to go into the room and, and bullshit with everybody. He lives for that. So he'd bring him in, you'd sort it out, and it just kind of played itself well. So for those watching, if you find yourself being a little bit like Randy, celebrate it, appreciate it, enjoy it, love it, hug it, right? Kiss it, make just own it, and just appreciate and have the self-awareness to know that that's what you are and it's perfect. But if you need somebody to help you do that, and we've had several agents on these podcasts already, they take accountability partners in. It helps them with people that actually go prospect with them. Hold them accountable. Go set times to do things. Even if you don't officially team, get somebody to be your inspiration or accountability partner or just balance out your weaknesses and, and just know when you have a super analytical client and you're not analytical, bring in an analytical. If you got a way over the chart left field person that's so overbearing and it drives you crazy, bring in somebody to deal with him. Right? That's the beautiful part about this business is we have the luxury to pick and choose who we work with and how we work with them. So I think want to just applaud the fact of the self-awareness, knowing about what you did and why you did it. And then, and you know, it got you to a point. It wasn't needed really anymore from either of you. So there you sit. And Courtney was brand new into this business at this stage. And Courtney actually joined the team with you guys in the very beginning, didn't she? Yeah. There was a little trifecta there. All three of us for a little while. Jeff, I want to was, comment on that, though, because there's a, a lack of a scarcity mentality that's kind of necessary. And you and I know it to be true. This is the happy agent podcast. You should be doing things to make you happy. If you're an analytical and you and a high eye drives you crazy, you don't have to work with a high eye. Right. Right? But you can't be attached to the outcome. There can't be a scarcity mentality. If you're gonna give it away, it means you're not gonna have anything back. No. You're gonna attract what you want by looking for what you want and being who you are. Right. So I think it's a, it's a big deal for both of them to say, hey, this is not scarce. I'm not giving something away. I'm just making myself happy and then I'm gonna do what makes me happy. That's right. I think a lot of agents don't have that, have the scarcity mentality and they're not willing to let things go. And as a, mean, as a result, they're unhappy. And I think another thing Randy brought up too, I think is really worth re-mentioning 
is the tribe factor. When you watching whatever office you're in, whatever company you're in, wherever you happen to be, look around you and you're going to find a whole bunch of different personalities, man. If that's what makes us exciting. And I bet you there's somebody that completely opposite your personality that maybe it might make sense to work with. Not officially after team, but you can just kind of bring them together and, and, and at least have them in your in your toolbox to know that when you have somebody like this, you could bring in Shirley or you could bring in Bobby, you could bring in Don, whatever it may be in your in your office to kind of help you. And ultimately, it gives the client the best experience in the world. Because if you have a super over flamboyant client, right? Randy, you can do it. I've seen you work a crowd like you wouldn't believe, but it's not what you enjoy to do, right? It's not your best thing in the world. So for Randy, he could fake it and do it and make it make it okay, but it's a lot easier to say, let me introduce you to Bob, and then Randy can go play golf, and Bob will just keep running like the Energizer Bunny, and those guys would have a better experience dealing with a Bob than a faking at Randy. You guys get that? So it's the self-awareness to not be attached to Craig's point to say, hey, I'm happy to split this deal because that person's going to have a better experience. And then ultimately, they're going to repeat, refer, and, and bring you business back too. So that was, I just want to repeat that aspect there. So here's Courtney. She sees Randy playing, drinking beer, playing golf, joins the business, oh, and then... <laughs> the decorated car. I literally stalked him. <laughs> well, to Craig, we joke that, but that is important. If you're not branding yourself, you're missing the boat. Right, you're missing the boat because was that a sale from Randy's perspective? Probably one of the best sales he's ever made because he attracted he the only business he's ever gotten from his decals. <laughs> yeah, <It's, laughs> you never know. But look what it attracted many, 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 many deals and an exponential growth to your lifestyle and business because you actually promoted the fact that you're in the business. So, if we're not wearing the logos, if you don't have it on your car, you don't have the place, the license plate and the name tag, you guys do it. Because you never know what opportunity is gonna be around. The last thing Randy thought when he was smacking around balls, right, it was that he was gonna end up finding a, a new partner for his team that was gonna end up carrying him and, and helping him just produce a lot of real estate. So take, take advantage of the little things. So here's Courtney, real estate family, New Jersey background, lands on the beach, and she's surrounded by Bob and Randy. That's gotta be a surreal experience for you, Courtney. <laughs> I think in terms of, so Randy and I couldn't be more opposite. And I mean, same thing with Bob and I. Bob and I can both BS and talk with people, but as far as like salesmen, I'm not a salesman. For me, it's like, do you want to buy it or you don't want to buy it? I'm not going to talk you into it and whatnot. So I was kind of working with these two people that I was just polar opposite of. So I don't know. And that comes out. Jersey accent. Do you want to buy it? You don't want to buy it. <laughs> Forget about it. I, that's how it is for me. I'm not like, I'm never going to talk you into it. You know, if you don't like it, that's fine. I'll move on to the next one. Without judgment or pushing. So I think what, what I like is watching the evolution of people, the awareness of what real estate truly is. And it's not sales, right? It's not no, sales. It's not, it's not sales at all. Mm -mm. It's connecting with people, building trust because they're going to buy a house, right? You, and why do they buy a house? Because they feel comfortable in a home, right? And why do they feel comfortable in a home? Because it's emotionally reminds them of something or creates a feeling that they like, and then they want it. And then it happens to bring it to them. And you're there as the reassurance trust factor to help them validate the decision that they want to make, right? And there's no sales involved with that, except you're there. And Randy, to your point, you could say, 
I don't think you should buy this house because of the termites and the rafters. And I know it may not seem like a big deal, but it is right. And so you come with that aspect and Courtney's like, whatever, I don't care. You don't want this one. There's six more. Let's go. Right. But, it, but it's trust and you're never pushing. Neither one of you are going to push anybody to do anything because the salesman that went out in the eighties, right? Some people just forgot that point and didn't let them be there. But this is just trust is the currency of the future. And you guys do a great job. Your testimonials are off the chart from all of you, both of you doing what you're doing right there. So you're in the business now. How did you, Randy, how did you integrate Courtney in to the business and, and kind of bring her in from a team perspective and help her get started? I think uh, really in the beginning, we had a couple of deals with some, not even a couple of deals. We had a couple of clients that it was, you know, hey, they're looking, let's throw you right in. And I think the first few times we went out together, um, my biggest thing was, you know, to get Courtney to look at the electrical panel, the AC, the water heater, you know, look at the system. Let's find, and the reason I do that is let's find out if we're going to have problems in the beginning. You know, you walk in and the AC is 32 years old, you know, there's going to be an issue somewhere. Um, so, you know, we went out, we, we spoke with some clients. I mean, Courtney was, was awesome with people and really, you know, other than just saying, okay, this is your deal. Um, you know, which Bob agreed to, and we set her up. And I think, I don't even remember how many, you know, our thing was, was let's put this in your name. Let's get you to your amount of deals that need to be done, get you to where you can, you know, be comfortable in the business. You're getting a good check. And, you know, she handled the clients well. Um, and it was just off to the races. I mean, she was a natural at what she was doing. So what it really was is we're going to shove forward five deals in your and your name, Courtney, to get you out of purgatory 50-50 split so we can bring you back up and start making some more money. So, But I'm okay with that because we know that what's going on because it's all part of the game. Well, yeah. I remember sitting you know, at open houses for them in the beginning because I truly do really enjoy open houses. Um, and I also oh, I yeah. get clients that way as well. And, well, and I, it was great. I think that balance, though, is really what we were alluding to earlier, but it carried through with you, too. You brought, and you still do, to Randy, but you bring an interesting balance to this team, right? Because you got two older men who really don't, you know, use social the way that they should. Bob was a little bit more than Randy, right? But you now come in, you're younger, you're, you're implementing some business tactics that they typically would not care to use. And so now you balance them with that. You like to sit in an open house. I don't see Randy waking up in the morning and be like, man, I can't wait to go talk to people sitting in an open house. So <laughs> you bring that component. And that's, that's really the key to you guys working as a team is that it, there's just complete balance between your skill set and what you enjoy doing and Randy's skill set and what he enjoys doing. And that balance is really what's allowing you guys to have the, the success that you're having. Yeah, I mean, we, we are truly, really polar opposite. That's, and that works out well. Now, Courtney, let's talk about how you were able from being a Coasty wife, right, in the Coast Guard here. And I know one of the things that's been a, a good thing, we were very pleased to have you on the team, getting a lot of some of the military reload business and things that we get as well. But outside of that, from the, the USA and those type of deals too, you've been able to really infiltrate into your tribe um, which is a tribe really is just a group of people that trust you, right? So yeah. you kind of go straight into the coasty world with trust because you're one of them. How did you tap into that? How did you start letting people know um, that you are 
actually a, a serious business person that should be consulted in the largest financial transaction in their life. How did you make that jump? So it really started. So if we start from the beginning, I've been through a military move. I know the acronyms when people are speaking. I don't have to say, what are you talking about or anything like that. But I really started at my husband's station. Um, you know, a few of our friends bought from, from us in the beginning. Um, and then it was really just word of mouth because there are three Coast Guard bases around here. I think there's around 900 Coast Guard personnel in the area. So now it's just word of mouth where I've done so many transactions. I think I've probably sold or, or buyer or seller at my husband's station, almost everybody in there. Um, but then that went to station St. Pete and station air station Clearwater. So along with the USA and the Navy federal, I'm kind of like the VA queen. <laughs> I mean, VA is mostly what my business is, but I think more than anything, I can just, I can relate. Um, I know what being through a military move is like, and a lot of people don't. I think that really sums a lot of it up, though, because that's where we talk about niching down and finding a tribe. I mean, they like you, they trust you, there's no reason not to, and you're good at what you do, right? Those are the three questions we always talk about. Can I trust you? Are you good at what you do, and do you care about me? So they can trust you, and they know you care about them, and then now, when the very beginning, you didn't really understand all of the real estate, you can lean on Randy, and you can lean on us, and now we have you're good at what you do. So you walk in as a total package, as a solution to help these people, and you do a great job, which is paramount because you would have done a couple deals, but you wouldn't have kept getting the repeat referral business like you're doing now unless you didn't do a stellar job for them. So, yeah, and, and that builds with word of mouth. I mean, I see I'm on Coast Guard spouses pages, and when people are moving to the area, so many people just tag me in the posts now, where it's just you know, it's, the business just comes naturally. Well, you're it doesn't just come to you like you're out there reminding people that you're in business. I mean, you, I see your post. Oh, yeah. I do a lot of coast guard fundraisers um, or military fundraisers in general. I mean, I definitely do put myself out there. And every listing you talk about every sale you talk about, and you're posting out real estate content. Talk, what's your social strategy been like now? Because for you, and we talked about this a lot at our sales meeting this morning, this whole business is just being thought about at that millisecond when a move comes into their life, right? So all the social game is, is making sure that you're in their world of their thoughts, right? You just got to creep into their thoughts. So when that moment of time that they come up with a, a real estate thought, your face pops into their mind. So that's what your social is doing is creeping into their feed and stay at top of mind. What are you doing? Like, are you, what's your con your conscious strategy? To, so to I mean, I know you and I have had the conversation a lot. I'm just, personally not a huge fan of social media. I yep. understand it for the business aspect, but I'm a really private person in general. And yep. for me, you know, I'm not going to go on Facebook and post what I ate today or what I did today. It's, it's not like that. It's more, I've learned now when I'm, you know, I have a sale or a buy to put it on Facebook just so people can see, Hey, I'm working. Here's another Coast Guard move. Here's another military move. Um, so that's more of what it is for me now. Even if you look at my social media, there's really not a whole lot of personal things about me. It's more just work related. But Which I think works. that works, right? Yeah, I think that works. I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, and I, and I mean this, I, this is what I do for a living. And if I didn't, I would probably never post, right? Yeah. Like I don't, yeah, I, even really me, right? Like I don't, I don't post a whole lot about my family, my kids is mm -hmm. not my thing. But for work, I understand the power of mm -hmm. social media and what it can do from a brand perspective, especially when you're consistent. And that's the biggest thing. 
just cons be consistent with whatever that strategy is. And that's why it's working for you. That's why you're able to get the referral business from it. Because even though you're not sitting there posting random content every day, you are consistent because you have consistent business, you're able to still post consistently about that business, which then it just creates this nice little cycle for you. Now, for new agents who have no business coming in, that strategy is not going to work because they have nothing to post about then, right? But for you, you've figured out, hey, I've, I've got these deals. Here's where they're coming from. Now I just need to keep reminding people by just posting, hey, I did another deal. Hey, this couple moved mm -hmm. here. Hey, I'm so happy for these guys. That's it, right? And you don't really have to do anything else to do that. So you've gotten to a point in your business where that really works. And that, that is, for lack of a better term, that's strategy. That is a strategy when it comes to social. Um, and you're doing it with a purpose and that works. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't discount what you're doing because what you're doing is very no, no, I've learned to use it how it makes me comfortable, which is, like I said, primarily works. So if you do go on my page, you will see under contract, sold, new listing, yada, yada, yada. But it's kind of funny because now most of my business does come from Facebook, from, from Coast Guard wives or Coast Guard spouses or, you know, anything. Most of my business is coming in from Facebook. Yeah, but I think to, to harp on that real quick, what's very important is the niche focus on the platform allows you to get away with that, right? Mm -hmm. if, you, if you came to me and said, yeah, I just, I want you know, more business from Facebook, I would tell you, well, you got to go broader then, right? Mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't sit there and have a focus on Coast Guards and expect to get business from another group or another sector or strangers, right? That's not going to work. Your strategy, though, is not to build brand with strangers and people that are outside of that. Your strategy is, hey, I just need the attention of Coast Guard families because that's who I know, that's who I can really help, and that's who I can bring value to. Forget everyone else. If they happen to get tagged in something or referred to me, great, but I'm not targeting them. I'm not going after them. I'm specifically focused, this post, this piece of content, this you know, charity that we're doing, it is for spouses and Coast Guard members, right? And when you have that type of focus, the strategy really works, right? But what I see so often is I really want Coast Guard families, but then you're posting pictures of sunsets all day and never really engaging in that group, right? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't, that doesn't work either. So you know, I, think, I think you're going the right way. I really do. I agree. And I, I really think the niching is, is so critical. But as the title of this is Happy Agent Podcast, and I think the important part about this one is, Courtney, this is creating a pretty nice lifestyle for you. Right oh, yeah. Now. It's really, truly who I enjoy working with. I mean, not to discredit anything else, but VA is really my niche. Which is, and, and I applaud that. This is one of the reasons I wanted to make sure that we spotlighted you on, on this podcast is because you know what you want you know the type of people you like to work with, you know what makes you happy, and you know how much time you want to put into this business and how much time you want to put in with that guy and then with your dog and with the beach and, and, and having your lifestyle, right? But that's, that's the point, but you know that. Other people haven't taken the time to say, look, mm -hmm. one or two, three deals a month, I'm good with that. And I'm getting enough of that for my Coast Guard referrals. I don't need to go into for sale by owners in, in, in St. downtown St. Pete. You could but you don't have to because you're self-aware enough to know what makes you happy. And that's what I think to Puma's point, way too many people don't 
take the time to actually realize what that is. And it's way easier than most people are making it out to be. Right. I mean, Randy, you, you just changed your lifestyle from hanging out on the beach to move into a beautiful home off the beach because it made you happy. Right. Right. Oh, by all means, you know, and that's probably the biggest thing is you have to be happy. Um, you know, you can chase this stuff and just kind of get dealt rejections, but it's like, you know, between the USAA and the Cardises and that, um, you know, which the company feeds us quite a few and the, then the, our past client referrals. I mean, every time we say, okay, we're going to go out and door knock this week and we'll get flyers put together and get ready to go and the phone rings. And, you know, you know, you've got a new listing or you've got somebody's friend who wants to buy a house or, you know, you've got three people that want to sell. And so it's like every time we get ready, something happens, we get distracted and we're busy again. And, you know, so it's it's that roller coaster that we try to to say that we're not going to allow to happen. But when you're busy, you're not going to go do it. You know, like we, we got. What's that? You get interrupted by what you're looking for. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and it's, you know, our focus has to be on the people we're working with. And, you know, we have to have that work-life balance. You know, when Courtney says, I'm going to the beach, she's going to the beach. Um, you know, when Courtney's dad's coming up, she's doing an open house. So, <laughs> but you just, you have to have that balance. And I mean, it, it can be a very rewarding business, um, provided you don't let yourself get burnt out on it. But you've laid so, that foundation, though, right? right? I mean, that's that's the thing, too. For people watching, they have that luxury, right? Yeah. Because Randy put in the work in the beginning, Courtney put in the work in the beginning, and they've laid the foundation now that allows them to not necessarily have to go door knock or be so busy that they can't go door knock for new business because they've built the foundation of this existing business. But notice in the very beginning of the podcast, what did Randy have to do to start laying that foundation? He had to go outside of his comfort zone and go door knock, right? It wasn't his favorite thing to do. It's no one's favorite thing to do, it especially wasn't his favorite thing to do because it's not who he is, right? And he said he had some rejection, which I'm dying to know what that worst interaction you've ever had was. I really want to know what happened there. But regardless, you went through all of that and you dealt with it and you laid the foundation that now allows you the luxury of not having to do that at all or as much as you did before so that just takes time though so everyone watching understand that you can have that too you gotta you have to build the foundation and it ebbs yeah. and flows right because this is you know this is now and then randy at any moment in time says you know what i think i want something on the beach again and he says i'm gonna go buy a little investment condo on the beach that you know, you guys can just go hang out in. And you say, what's it going to take? I need 60 grand to go buy one of them. Okay. And now he knows how to throttle it down, throttle it hard to go get an extra 60 grand next quarter if he wants to. And Courtney, the same thing. Right now, she's got great abilities and time to do the things she wants to do. But if she said, you know what? I think it's time for a bigger house. And I'd like to actually save up for one hell of a once in a lifetime vacation and, and treat my husband and my family and fly everybody out to... Italy and just pay for everything for a, a 10 day just extravaganza and it's going to cost me 40 grand to do it and then she'll go throttle down to go pull out the 40 grand and that might not come from the coasty wife group right that what she's got is a consistent flow of lifestyle maintenance but what is important is to know what it takes 
So this quarter might be the quarter you say, watch this, right? And then, but here's the issue. Courtney and Randy are splitting everything. So when they get to a point, if Randy says, I want an extra 60 grand to get a beach condo, Courtney better be willing to pull that same rope, right? And if Courtney says, Randy, I need an extra 60 grand, Randy needs to say, game on, let's go. Because if Randy's in coast, chill out, drink beer and, and smoke stuff on the green egg, golf ball smacking mode, and Courtney's in $60,000 a month mode, that's going to be a problem. You guys see that? So that's why I think you guys have good communication back and forth. And then you maybe next quarter's the quarter. You say, let's, let's, let's go full on on Q3 and let's back off on Q4. You want to do it? What else do you want to do? What if we did this? What's your next goal? What's your next lifestyle? What's your next big ass smile? Or you say, you know what? We are totally chilled, happy with where we are. I'm happy with my bank account. I'm happy with my bank account. Let's keep it going, right? And that's the fun part that you guys get to kind of back. How do you guys handle that back and forth with visions, alignment of visions? I would say it's pretty much like that. You know, when, when we decide we're going to work, we work. And when we decide we're going to coast, we coast. Um, you know, and sometimes the business itself does that to us. It's not necessarily a decision of, okay, we're going to work our butts off. Um, one of our phones rings and it's time to work our butts off. I mean, right now we've got between the two of us, 11 deals going, I think, uh, between listings and sales. I'm, we haven't been together for a while. So, um, you know, so, I mean, this is one of those times where, you know, things moving pretty quick and yeah. pre COVID, you know, when we first started out, we had business carried us in. So we were able to take that month and, you know, spend it at home and, and not really worry about the business so much because we knew we had deals that were closing. Um, some of them, you know, had issues, but, you know, I think the the best thing is, is, you know, over the past three years, you know, either being just Courtney and I or Bob Courtney and I, you know, we've touched, God, 40, $45 million in real estate, um, which has been huge. I mean, it's an experience for each of us and, you know, no two deals are the same. So, you know, we average between 45 and 50 deals a year and each one's got its own headaches. So that's where, you know, that's where I'd say the business kind of controls us a little bit more and that's wrong for us. We shouldn't let that happen. But, but, it's, know, but it's working. It's, that's right. the point. It's, it's working and it makes you happy. So let it roll. Right. My, my point on that was if you wanted to crank it up, you guys know how to do it, which is fun. Right. But if it's if providing what it is and it makes you happy, keep it rolling. So Courtney, to you, what advice you're, you're three years in the business now, right? You've, I've been, even though you've been in the peripheral periphery of it for a while, but your own business right now, mm-hmm. what advice do you have for those who are, newer than you that are going through some issues and doubting themselves or just struggling or what advice do you have for agents to kind of to to get to the other side? I think first and foremost, I think you have to be authentic. Um, I think you have to know who your client is and you can't, you know, you can't be the $3 million beach condo, but then be the investor, 100,000 downtown St. Pete, want to flip a house. It's really who is your client? Who do you personally want to work with? I think a lot comes back to the person of just being authentic to yourself. Very common I theme. Think, yep. And that's great. Randy, what's your advice to those who are getting, how many years now, Randy, are we in this? Five. Five years in. So he's, yep. he's crossed the five year mark. It's a big time plazers. So what advice do you have for those who are, haven't really figured it out yet? Go to work. 
I mean, straight up, I, you know, I get up in the morning and I'm one of the few that actually go to the office, but you know, my previous career, I got up every day and I went to work. Um, I'm capable of working from home, but there's a lot of shiny things there. Um, you know, <laughs> fix drywall, I'll paint this room, I'll do this. So I try to make sure I get up and I go to work. Um, you know, my organization's here. My wife understands if I'm going to write an offer, I'm going to come to the office and write it. Um, you know, I only live a mile and a half away, which makes it pretty easy. I will do it from home, but, you know, generally my files and everything are here. So I get up, I go to work and, uh, you know, that's what kind of keeps me driven. And, you know, it's, there's times I'll take off in the afternoon and maybe go hit golf balls or, you know, go home, play in the garden or do something. But, you know, I try to make sure every day starts with going to work. So. And that's, I think that's great advice. Why well, I, I think this is great insight for those who are watching. And cause I know we hear it a lot. Should I team? Should I not team? What's the pros and cons? And there are pros and cons. And, and I think if you're honest with each other, there's, at some point in time, if Courtney comes in with a deal that you never knew about, some little inkling inside of Courtney is like, hmm. right? If, and if Randy comes in with a deal and Courtney's never seen it, Randy at some point says, hmm, you could say not, but at some point in your mind, you have, wait a second, that was a $400,000 deal. They never even met the person. May not vocalize it, but it's there. But I think enough of them come from Courtney and enough of them come from Randy that that balance is out. So when you're thinking about teaming, the biggest thing that we've ever seen that destroys them is inequity, a, a concept of inequity, right? People thinking that it doesn't work. It's not fair. That guy didn't do anything. That girl didn't do anything. Why did she get that check? Once or twice or three times is fine. But when it starts four, five, six, seven, eight times, it starts to drive an issue. So as long as you guys are each pulling your weight and understand your roles, right? And the, the strengths and the weaknesses to see that the, the whole picture comes together bigger than it would have been apart it works, but I think it requires communication. I think it requires being realistic about the points that we're talking about here right now that are real life thoughts and being able to voice them, talk about them and work through them. So those who are thinking about partnering up, um, think about the pros and the cons because there are both. And I think Randy would tell you that it was a great thing for his career. It still will continue. And I think you guys work great. I think you might be the defy the odds for us because I think it works really well for your careers right now, both of you. So, well, you know, talking about each deal, um, you know, Courtney's been blessed lately that she's had some deals that have been really, really smooth. <laughs> she was on a stretch there that uh, probably about three months worth where you went to Randy close a deal um, because everything kept going wrong, and so you know that switched over. I've I've kind of taken the uh, messes here for a while. Um, we just went through one that took us roughly two and a half months to close. Um, we were out of contract as much as we were in contract. You know, COVID didn't help. Uh, it was just, it was a lot of headaches. And I mean, it was one of those, you know, everybody has one. And in my five years, this is the one that made me sad. I'm done. Um, you know, go weld. I'll go sell steel. I'll do something. Um, you know, we just, you take it personal and it starts to eat you up. Um, you know, my wife was definitely tired of hearing about it. Courtney would sit back and laugh and go, my deal closed. And here I am just praying that mine stays in contract. So, uh, but, um, it, it, when you have that kind of back and forth where, you know, you can kid each other because your deal's going good, your deal's going to shit. Um, it, it helps a lot. And, you know, we help each other as much as we can on the deals and, you know, it's, it's a good sounding board. 
you know, are we going to argue, um, you know, are we going to say, no, it's not worth that. You're, you're only going to pay this. You know, we talk about it and it's in result. It's what the client wants to have happen. That's great. Craig Beggins, parting thoughts of wisdom from you. Um, I think two episodes we've talked about lately, three actually we've done agents that are happy now and productive started out teaming together. So I think there's some takeaways there. So if you're watching this and your business is not where it needs to be, maybe you need that accountability partner. And we're not talking about a formal team you know, type of thing, but an accountability partner that nudges you when you need a little bit of help. And it's okay to start out that way. And then you can deviate if you need to be. So don't be afraid to team up with somebody to get you started. When, if you like it, stay that way. Good point. I think when when you're first getting into a team you really can't be like greedy either like that's mine that's theirs I feel like you have to look at it you know like that's ours because if if you go into it being greedy it's it's not going to work very true very true Mike Puma parting words for you from you I think you know I think my parting words are the ultimate thing that I took out of this and I taken out of the last few is we talk a lot about creating a framework of success and that really does start with complete authentic self-awareness and once you can do that once you really understand who you are and not just your skill set but like truly who you are and what you want then you can really decide what path you're going to go down and that might make sense to have an accountability partner that might make sense to join a team that might make sense to completely stay on your own because you know you're not going to listen to anyone else, right? So that that just sense of self-awareness, if you start there, then you can really start to create a framework of success for yourself. And so you can see here that that clearly is what happened with both of you. And in my opinion, that has to happen with every single person. And if you do that, you will put yourself in the right framework to have success. If you don't, then you're going to struggle. And to your point, I think that's where teams do fall apart because I think there's a lot of people who go into teams because they look at it and say, you know what? I could kind of just go in and mooch off the other two and I don't have to put in the work. I don't have to go do, I don't have to go door knock. I'll let them get it and I'll let them feed me because I'm okay if I can make 30 grand a year, 40 grand a year. I don't, I don't need to make 300. So if I can just, you know, get a little bit of their deals, that'll make sense because they don't want to put in the work. Right. And that mentality right there is why a majority of teams fail. So if you go into it saying, you know what, I really just want the support of someone else, or I'm really good at talking to people, but I hate analytics, or I'm really analytical, but I hate talking to people, that self-awareness will allow you to succeed. So if you're watching this, my piece of advice, go have a conversation with yourself. And that can be an uncomfortable thing to have sometimes, but that's where I would start. Great, great. Well, I can just tell you that I really enjoy having you guys on the team. Very proud to have you as part of our our company, as our family. And I'm glad Indiana brought you down here, Randy, and Jersey brought you down here, Courtney, with the Coast Guard um, family. So thank you for being part of our team and our family. And I think you provided some great insight for those who are watching. And um, just be happy, guys. Figure it out. You guys are a great testament. Go smack some balls around, drink some beer. Courtney, go get some work. (laughs) (laughs) go on to the beach (laughs) there you go go to the beach enjoy it all right guys thank you for your time and um it's been great thanks guys awesome thanks